Are we ready? All right. So we are very lucky to have Maddie Pearson here. And by here, I mean at the Brigham, in Boston, and at lunch. Uh, we are very, very pleased. As Betsy said, Maddie is a remarkable leader of a remarkable team, the team being the nursing component of the Brigham Health world. It's really a group of special people. And since Maddie got here in 2017, she has been a very special leader. Um, she may tell you about some of this stuff, but she might not. So um, we wanted to get magnet status from the uh, uh, American Nurses Credentialing Center. Uh, this is a highly desirable thing to have. Fewer than 10% of the hospitals in the nation have it, and we didn't have it. And the person who led that effort successfully was Maddie. She has also done a lot, not necessarily apparent to people outside, to improve communications within our world. She created a little cabinet for herself, for nurses to have a greater involvement in the governance of our world. Um, she's, I hope, will tell you a little something uh, about the hospital-wide daily huddle on safety. Uh, it's really quite something what's been going on. Uh, and it's all part of uh, what makes the Brigham so special. So, Maddie Pearson. Thank you so much, Marshall. I am delighted to join you today um, to talk about one of my favorite topics, our Brigham nurses, our Brigham nurses, how they are shaping care, how they are changing lives every day at the Brigham and beyond. It is my great honor to serve as Chief Nursing Officer of an inspiring, caring community of almost 3,500 nurses. People ask me all the time, today I was talking before we came in, what makes nursing at the Brigham so special? And, and it, is, it is their compassion, it is their heart, it is the extraordinary measures they take with each and every patient and each and every family to ensure that they remain as whole as they can be, that we help them achieve milestones, um, even while they're in the hospital, um, um, suffering from what are um, very, very challenging situations and diseases. Over the past few years, and I am not exaggerating, and, and, and Betsy knows me very well, I don't exaggerate, um, I have received hundreds, and I've been here a little over two and a half years, hundreds of emails and letters um, and notes um, with countless examples of how our nurses go above and beyond. And I'd like to read you one very short piece um, from a patient that we got, um, so that gives you a sense of who we are. Um, 
so Joe wrote, this was Joe, um, and this is about his nurse, Stuart Fenneman, um, at the Brigham. That's Stuart. That's Stuart. Um, Joe wrote, I was brought into the emergency room to the ICU in need of a heart transplant. At the time when my family and I were dealing with the shock of my di diagnosis, Stuart was able to support us, us with his caring and sincere attitude. When I ordered my breakfast and Stuart knew I liked cinnamon, he found me some. As the days went by and I could only get a glimpse of the sun, he took me outside so I could get the sun on my face. And after three weeks in the ICU, I was in sore need of a haircut. He helped me get that too, and I looked like a million bucks. <laughs> my family and I were incredibly lucky to have Stuart. His professionalism and caring attitude are a tribute to the hospital's leading reputation for patient care. So that's a very small example of what our nurses do every day, and it is very standard for them. What Stuart did for Joe and his family is what we call relationship-centered care or relationship-based care, and it's central to nursing at the Brigham. I've been a nurse for a very long time, and in my career, I have never seen the lengths that our nurses go to and the compassion that they give our patients every day. So if you've ever been hospitalized at the Brigham, and I hope not, um, but if you have, I'm sure you've been the recipient of this care and compassion. But what you may not know is that our role as nurses extend well beyond the bedside. Our nurses are scientists. They are innovators. They are problem solvers. Every day, they see firsthand hand the challenges our patients face. And I believe this makes them uniquely positioned to gather evidence and create solutions. And I'd like to share with you a couple of examples of how our nurses are using science and technology to advance care. How many have um, had a loved one who, who has been in the ICU or the intensive care unit? Right? Oh, a lot of folks around the room. So waking up as a patient in the intensive care unit for the first time and typically that's after a traumatic event, um, is incredibly frightening. And often patients don't um, remember what happened to them. And if you know one of your family members, there are huge gaps of memory. They, have, they really have no memory of what happened to them. And studies um, connect this to post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. And so um, knowing that, our ICU nurses developed an ICU diary program. So what they did is they created a diary that's left at the bedside that our nurses, our physicians, our providers, our family members can document in and write notes or what was happening in the world while they were in the ICU. And evidence supports that this has reduced the incidence of PTSD for our patients. We are now uh, transitioning this to an electronic version and we're using an iPad or we will be shortly. Um, and we've published widely on this, and we're helping other intensive care units um, um, with this um, ICU diary. Elegant, but yet very simple and powerful solution. How many of you have had a loved one in who have had surgery and been either in the PACU, post-anesthesia care unit? Oh, just as many hands. Um, um, Typically, it's about 90 minutes after the patient gets admitted to the PACU where, where we let the loved ones come in to see them. 
It's a very long time for our families. They've already been waiting, most likely, hours. And so to, to address this, two of our recovery room, or PACU nurses, um, started using iPads and FaceTime. So we get the phone number of the families waiting in the waiting room. A half hour after we've settled you know, their loved one, we'll call the number. They'll FaceTime with their, with their loved one, which, which the, the patient loves it because they hear their, 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 um, their, um, their voices. And from a family perspective, this gives them a sense of calm, and it also helps them see what their loved one will look like when they come to the bedside, which sometimes is different, right? They sometimes don't look exactly the way they did when they said goodbye to them that morning. Um, so again, um, we're using technology to really help connect our families. So I have one more example for you, and this could seem very much like science fiction, and I assure you it's not. Um, have folks here heard of artificial intelligence or AI, right? Um, it's getting a lot, a lot more press in the industry as well. Um, a lot of folks don't know what it is. Um, it's a branch of computer science in which machines are trained to perform or simulate human tasks and behavior. One of our nurse scientists is launching a national study with other academic medical centers, incredibly well known, um, to, to use AI to predict when a patient's um, um, status is getting worse and they are deteriorating. So let me give you an example. Let's say we have a patient, Jane, is at risk for developing sepsis, which is an infection typically in the blood, or a heart attack, um, but isn't experiencing any symptoms yet. And the physiological changes haven't happened yet. So her blood pressure is still OK. Her pulse is still OK. Um, Jane, Jane's nurse notices subtle changes, right? So she's at the bedside more frequently. And each of these assessments she does, she documents in the medical record, or electronic medical record. And she'll document things like provider aware or physician aware. Um, she takes her blood pressure. She checks her heart rate. Um, she pages the physician. She'll get other members of the team, all the while, again, documenting this in the medical record. The artificial intelligence computer system detects that the nurse's documentation is happening more frequently. The artificial intelligence system detects words like physician aware or provider aware can then send a trigger to the nurse, the physician, the whole team to say something is happening before someone's blood pressure starts show, showing, showing signs of changing. This gives the team the chance to proactively intervene with the patient rather than reactively. Um, we believe we will, um, will be, this, this, this system will alert us anywhere between five to 24 hours before changes happen with the patient um, helping to decrease preventable deaths and decrease preventable admissions to the ICU. Um, so we are pioneering this promising tool um, nationwide. So um, these are just a few examples of how our nurses are leading, how um, um, through scientific discovery and research and innovation, they're measuring outcomes that contribute to the body of knowledge and evidence where we are really impacting future care. And yet so much, and this is where, Sue, I said I wouldn't cry, and I do it every time. This is, this, um, so much of what we do, we can't measure, right? We can't measure sunlight on a patient's face. We can't measure 
um, that um, the gift um, that we've given a patient when they um, their, we bring their children in to celebrate a birthday. And, and there we can never calculate what it feels like to have their loved one at home, surrounded by their, their family, their pets, their birds, um, at the end of life. Um, those are the things we can't measure. Sorry. I love our nurses. And we move heaven and earth to make sure all of these things happen every day. Sorry. It's at the heart of nursing, and it beats strongly at the Brigham. Um, you can tell I love my job, right? Um, I love being, it is, it is my favorite place to be. I love being at the Brigham and being chief nurse. Um, our, our incredible nurses, our supportive colleagues, you all who make everything we do wonderful. Um, and I'm really fortunate to work here. Um, as I said, I've been a nurse a long time, and it is my favorite job. Um, and as Marshall had said before, um, we are not the only ones who think um, nursing at the Brigham is wonderful. Last year, we obtained magnet status. Um, and Marshall, I'll just correct you a little. It's 8% of hospitals who were in this elite um, um, place, um, who really is a recognition of the entire team um, of um, nursing, but yet the entire team at the Brigham. Um, Betsy has been our champion of Magnet for well before I got here. And um, kudos to you, Betsy, for having the vision to say, you know what, we are Magnet. Let's go get it. Um, and last week, Brigham and Women's Faulkner Hospital also got Magnet status. So Brigham Health altogether has joined 8% of really the elite organizations who know what it's like to take care of patients, who know what it's like to be scientists and create evidence for future patient care. Um, so with that, um, I, um, I want to thank you for um, being a legacy member, um, for giving of yourselves to the Brigham. I am one as well because it is, it is, it's a gift that we can do this. Um, and I'll answer any questions if anyone has any. So thank you very much. changes and has a patient for one day and somebody else and it's nonstop. I, I love what you said, but I don't know how they really can know who they're dealing with. So, um, you know, the electronic me medical record actually, I, I know there's a lot of negative press about that, but it really has helped um, help all of the providers, nurses and physicians, respiratory therapists really um, understand the patient um, in, a, in a very quick way um, when they come on duty. And so that's one. But we also have handoff, shift-to-shift -shift handoff, where the outgoing nurse will give report to the oncoming nurse. They do that at the bedside. They involve the patient and the family. And so that's another way that we translate um, care to each other. And what we really try to do is um, if, if I'm a nurse and I work, let's say, 12-hour shifts and I work three days in a row, um, we try and really keep the nurse with the same patients so the nurse knows the patients, more importantly, so the patients really can connect with their nurses. Yes. 
Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So I want to thank uh, Maddie and um, just use this uh, occasion. It's wonderful when you get to have the last word. Um, I asked Katie, have we, at any of our lunches in the past, have we had another nurse speak? And the answer was, we, of course, my memory isn't what it used to be, but uh, I think not. I think we haven't. So Maddie is the first. Another trailblazing step, Maddie, for you. Um, but what I would like you all to do is give a really heavy round of applause to Maddie and all of our nurses, past, present, and future. Well, thank you all very much. Uh, thank you for that round of applause, so richly deserved. Uh, you get a reward for it. There's a little chocolate outside the door. And next to the chocolate, there is, uh, this is the back of your program. This is how to double your money, double your fun in giving uh, an added legacy to the Brigham. It's all explained right here, and it will repay, and everyone, all of us, will be greatly pleased and thankful to you for doing that. Um, the only other item of logistical importance is driving. If you drove, you must have parked. If you parked, you may have parked where our little sticker will help with the unbelievable cost of parking in the city. So uh, um, there's, there's somebody on the development staff. Now, you'll think this is just a way to get you to talk to the development staff. Let me just say it's really effective. It's going to work like a charm. Find one. They have the stickers. And they're not all that hard to talk to. Thank you all very much. <laughs>